podcast. Nick Harold is a Mexican partner, and Joshua Johnson is here to make you laugh, challenge your mind, and help you build a foundation. This is the Dynasty Bowl, presented by the Dynasty Football Wheel. Happy draft night, everyone. Round one almost in the books. Uh, you're listening to the Dynasty Pulse podcast presented by the DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. Uh, the Cowboys have just taken Byron Jones at 27. I like the pick. They might actually have a corner that can do something. Uh, with me, as always, is Nick Hale to the Redskins. Wagner. Nick, what is up, my friend? Oh, not much. I had about 15 minutes or 10 minutes or so of a happy draft night until the Redskins passed on Leonard Williams and reached for a guard. So I'm not not exactly having a great night, but how are you doing, Josh? Uh, Well, they still have him listed as a tackle. But, uh, yeah, uh, probably the big surprise of the night for me, I think, you know, everything was going pretty, pretty, pretty even keel. And I I figured it was going to be Cooper or Williams for the Raiders. I think they were going to go – go get a cornerback out of Houston or anything, um, DJ Hayden. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was going pretty smooth, and then that happened. I, was, I don't know. I You know, I thought Sheriff was going to be a top five pick until I started watching film on the guy, and I was just like, there's no way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess uh, they got you got a whole other, whole rest of the draft to make up for it. Um, but um, what, are, what are your thoughts? Um, not a lot of surprises here. Uh, Winston, number one. Uh, Mariota, number two. I mean, we kind of figured this would happen, Nick. Uh, CBS Sports is giving the pick a C-. What, what do you think Mariota can, can do for Tennessee that Zach Mettenberger wasn't able to do? Well, it all depends on how uh, Ken Wisenhunt's able to adjust the, his system to fit uh, what Mariota can do. You know, it's, he, it said that he's pretty raw playing at that or, in that Oregon offense, so you're going to have to probably uh, tailor down a lot of that playbook until Mariota can pick it up. So, uh, you know, the fact that they do have Mettenberger there, if they don't end up trading him later on during the draft, could mean that Mariota might actually get the chance to sit for half a season and try to absorb some of that playbook. Who knows? Yeah, you know, and I'm sick of people throwing the uh, the, the Johnny Manziel comparison. This guy is six foot four, two 220 pounds. Those are his legit stats. That's what we know now. Yeah, he's a run. Yeah, he's a mobile running quarterback, but he's. I don't think you're going to see him. He's going to run to save face in the NFL. He's not going to run to get yards. And I and I, I, I like the pick. I think he's an exciting kid. Um, I think they probably have better offensive line than Tampa Bay. I mean, I think we'll get to this later when we have James Yarko from Enzone score on. I, I think Tampa Bay better be better be drafting some offensive linemen to protect their. Mr. Winston, since they took him number one overall, because that's that's going to be a big concern, I think, for me. Uh, I think Winston is going to, uh, if not, you know, if they don't improve that offensive line, Winston's going to be running all over the place. I don't know if he has the stamina to do that. I think Mariota has has the legs to keep things alive, and and I like it. I, I uh, you know, they got kind of not not a great receiving core, but they have a lot of receivers on that team, and. Uh, with the Wizenhut offense, you know, they do throw to the running back a lot. We know Winston's super accurate in that short game. Um, I, I, I really like their – like, see what he could do. I, I think he'll be starting week one. If I had to guess, I think he would start week one. Um, moving down the line, uh, Dante Fowler, uh, a nice needed 
pass rusher. I mean, I think a lot of people think they should have went with Leonard Williams. Uh, what? Um, just before we get, keep on going, I do want to remind everybody, this is the Dynasty Pulse podcast, presented by the Dynasty Football Warehouse. Uh, we're going to have Bill Carroll on in about 10 minutes. He is from ProPlayerInsiders.com. Just to kind of get his thoughts and some stuff that we've probably already talked about, but we're going to like get a nice, a nice inside view from Bill. And then at 11:30, we'll have James Yarko from Endzone Score, a huge Tampa Bay fan. So we're gonna we're gonna get the goods from him on Winston and see what uh, he thinks they're going to do with the rest of the draft. And then uh, our, our, one of our favorite people from NFL, female Cat Lash Williams, is going to be stopping by about 11:45. So uh, hope you are all ready for that. We're going to have a a whole lot of fun here in the next hour as the draft continues to roll. Um, Fowler, what do you think of Fowler? I, I'm not high on the guy, but uh, what, what are your thoughts? Well, they needed a pass rusher, and so he was probably the top pass rusher, especially with the problems that a lot of these other uh, top pass rushers have been uncovered over the past few days, the the Gregories and the, the, Vic, uh, the Shane Rays and all that. So, you know, I wouldn't have passed on Williams. I'm sorry personally would have taken Williams if I was any of the teams in the top five, but uh, Fowler, I think, is the next best thing. I, I I couldn't believe any of the rumors I was hearing about them taking a wide receiver that high when they already had a pretty decent young receiving core there in Jacksonville. Yeah, you get three second-year wide receivers. I uh, I couldn't believe that either. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson has just been drafted by the Detroit Lions, another guard here in the first. I think that's probably a, a bit of a surprise there. I don't... Uh, have my TV on. I'm just watching it here on the internet, but I think I think that's going to caught a lot of people by surprise. I think a lot of people saw him going uh going late seconds. Um, they also added a guard in the trade with Denver and uh, Manny was it Manny Ramirez Fernandez, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I believe they acquired Manny Ramirez, if I'm not mistaken, in that trade. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we've uh, redoing the offensive line there in Detroit. Uh, hopefully, good things. For Joyce Bell, I still think that might take a running back later there. But uh, uh, let's get to Cooper to Oakland. You know, what, I, I don't want to divulge too much because we need to debate these two later. But uh, Cooper, Cooper to uh, Oakland is, uh, I think, going to give Derek Carr what he had in Devontae Adams. There's been a lot of talk and a lot of buzz about Devontae Adams this offseason and his value, even though he's the third wide receiver in Green Bay. We talked about him yesterday a whole lot. He, I think Cooper's going to give him just a nice, reliable target, and I think it's good news for James Jones. I think it's good news for Michael Crabtree. Initially, it could be bad news for Michael Crabtree, as I think Cooper's probably going to take his spot as the season progresses. But uh, I like the fact that he's going to be there with some uh, some older wide receivers, and he can he can learn from them. But he is really already a nice, polished product, and it's believe we have, you know, probably the best at the position in the draft uh, in Oakland, and, and I'm pretty happy about it. I think I would have been slightly happier with Leonard Williams, but I'm pretty happy uh, regardless. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts there on Cooper? Well, as a Derek Carr dynasty owner, I'm thrilled that Oakland uh, decided to go with Cooper over Leonard Williams. I think, you know, he was one of the safest picks in the draft, like everybody said. Really polished guy out of Alabama. I uh, yeah, I, I personally think Kevin White's got a bigger upside. More on that later, but uh, yeah, Cooper's definitely a great pick for the Raiders there. Yeah, and he's ready. He's ready now, and I, and I really like that. So, um, oh, Mr. Sheriff to the Raiders, or excuse me, to the Redskins. Uh, yeah, any, any more thoughts there? 
Was that a need, guard, offensive tackle? What, what do you think? Oh, offensive line was a huge need. It just was a good value. I mean, at number five overall, you know, it depends on what position he plays, guard or tackle, uh, if it's going to pan out and be a, a worth that pick. You know, if he ends up being the next John Jansen starting 10 years at right tackle, then great, he was worth it. But, you know, if he plays guard, he's basically got to play at an all-pro level to warrant a number five overall pick in the draft. Yeah, if you're taking an offensive lineman even in the top ten, they better be a pillar of your team for the next decade, like you said. Um, now the Jets' defense uh, didn't need to get any better, but uh, they certainly did. Uh, Leonard Williams. Um, I don't know where people are going to go against this team. Uh, they still maybe need some an edge rusher, but uh, Leonard Williams certainly can be pushing the middle of the pack, and that's good news for uh, Marcus Gilchrist and Calvin Pryor. And uh, oh yeah, there's a couple linebackers on this team that can make some tackles too. Uh, any 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 thoughts there on Leonard Williams? I mean, obviously the Jets defense is looking pretty pretty darn awesome right now. Well, yeah, and it's the best player in the draft, and he flips to you at number six overall. You know, I know they were hoping for a quarterback to fall that far, Marcus, Marcus Mariota or Winston, but you know, uh, the best player you know, on defense, Leonard Williams, is a great consolation prize for the Jets. Now, does that make? Anybody expendable along that defensive line now? Do we maybe see the Jets flipping somebody out of there? I mean, I know there's been some rumors to that effect. What are your thoughts? You know, I've heard those rumors too, but now the fact that we're down to the very end of the first round, I think that that becomes less and less likely because, I mean, why would you trade a first-round talent for less than a first-round pick? Do you? I just meant. Do you think there's anybody anybody currently on the Jets not Williams thinking that they could maybe trade trade somebody like that? Well, that's what I was referring to. I just you know anybody yeah. they have some really good players, but the players they have they're first round talent. So why would you just because you drafted another guy in the same position? I don't think you automatically have to get rid of the guy you have. Maybe next year they end up trading. And if they had been able to trade for this year, like for the 15th overall pick or something like that, then I think they may have put it up. But now that we're at the end of the first round, I think it's somewhat unlikely. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, moving on. Um, I, still, oh, I can't believe Gurley went to the Rams. But anyway, we'll get over that. Kevin White to West Virginia. Not West Virginia. To uh, Jay Cutler. Got himself a new weapon. He's going to be paired with Elshon Jeffrey. Um, they got a couple guys that are really athletic. I, I, I don't know what Elshon Jeffrey's vert was at the at the combine, but I don't care because I've seen it on the field, and, I, and I'm super impressed by it. And I think Kevin White is going to be a very nice piece for this offense. Obviously, they have a lot, a lot of other needs, but they needed somebody to run with Jeffrey. What are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, I mean, this is a – case where the best player available also filled a huge hole in their roster. They really needed another receiver opposite Jeffrey after trading away Brandon Marshall, who was getting up there in age two. So, yeah, I think this is a, a great pick for Chicago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just It's going to be good for their offense. They still have a lot of defensive issues, but uh, they're going to certainly score some points. Um, love this next pick. Um I hope, I hope he's going to be a double-digit sack guy because I think he has potential. Um, 
there's a couple guys that I like a little a little bit later on, maybe second round guys that I really really like. But Vic Beasley to Atlanta, they needed a, they needed somebody like this most definitely with with the troubles they've had in defense the last couple of years. You know they've had DBs making a lot of tackles. Beasley is going to really really move the needle if you want to say he's going to really really challenge people off off the edge. Um, you know the IDP stats might not be there right away, but I think this guy is going to be a, a dozen, at least a dozen sack guy moving forward. And, you know, I don't think he's Levante David or Alec Ogletree, but he's certainly somebody that's going to put pressure on the quarterback from his edge position. And if they get some, you know, get some nice maturity out of Rashad Hagman that they drafted last year, I think the Atlanta defense is slowly coming around, but Beasley is a big step forward. I know a lot of, Jets fans that were hoping he was going to be there for them, and obviously they went with Williams. But I, I think uh, Beasley's going to make a lot of people happy there in Atlanta. What are your thoughts? Oh, I agree. Uh, similar to Chicago's situation, Atlanta really needed a pass rusher. There was a lot of talk heading into the draft that they were going to try to move up, actually, to number four or five. But the way the draft panned out, uh, the pass rusher that they wanted, Big Beasley, fell right into their lap at pick number eight. So a great selection for the Falcons. Okay, well, we have a dynasty dilemma. We're gonna Bill's gonna be joining us here in a couple minutes. We're gonna do that a little bit later on when we have time. But we're gonna do Cooper against White. Um, it'll be fun. It's kind of something that we just decided to do as the draft started, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll see what we can come up with on the fly for those two guys. Um, I don't have a pen in front of me, so I can't really write anything down. But uh, we did talk yesterday, Nick, about. Uh, Offensive tackles and how many offensive tackles were going to be drafted? I think uh, I think our number surpassed itself already. There was but a lot of, I mean, obviously Sheriff's listed as tackle, but we only said four yesterday. You were going, you were going under that, Nick. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, but I think I think we're already there. There's been plenty of plenty of linemen off the board. Um, kind of surprised Cameron Irving to uh, Cleveland. Um, I think they had bigger needs, but. I mean that defense was also really, really solid. I believe so. Uh, but uh, I thought they had, I thought they had. Uh, excuse me, that offensive line was already really solid. I think I thought they needed some other pieces there. But uh, you know, Irving maybe a, maybe a bit of a shocker, but I think he's going to certainly help that uh, help that offense a whole lot. Um, like I said, Bill will be joining us here in in just a few minutes. Uh, with who is after Beasley? Nick? Eric Flowers. This is a big surprise for me. I, I know a lot of people thought had this guy ended the first round. I didn't. I didn't see him going this high at all. What, what are your thoughts there, Eric Flowers from Miami? Big kid, six six three thirty. What do you, what do you got for us, Nick? Yeah, I agree. I thought it'd be a first round, but I did think it would be later. It might have been a little bit of a reach, especially over a guy like Anders Pete from Stanford. But um, I get you know the scouting departments spend a lot of time looking at these guys, so they must have just felt that even though he's not as physically gifted as a lot of the other prospects, that he fit their system better. Uh, yeah, I wonder I wonder if they were really eyeballing uh, Mr. Collins there and out of Louisiana State, and if that had anything to do with Flowers jumping up this high. I, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. So, But, um, oh, moving on. As both of us own Trey, Trey Mason in the Dynasty League, Nick. Todd Gurley from goes to the Rams. 
big shocker. Obviously, they had other other needs. Um, you know, like a receiver. You know, they have some receivers on this team, but they could have. I thought they maybe could have drafted Devontae Parker. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts there on Gurley? Yeah, I would have thought Devontae Parker would have made a whole lot more sense than Gurley. Yeah, I mean, Gurley, we all know the talent is there, but that knee injury, that's, that's kind of scary drafting a running back coming off a knee injury, especially in the top ten in the draft. Uh yeah, I mean, I guess you know, time will tell what their what their plans are with those those two running backs. But they, obviously, you're taking Gurley this high to play him. They, you know, they. I know the knee has been coming along very nicely, but I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, they obviously have a nice backup plan there with with Mason too. But Chief, uh, I mean, they got Betty Cunningham. They still got Zach Stacy on the team. It's not like those guys are. Terrible, you know. They 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 had they had options, and they and they went with running back, and kind of maybe pushed the needle on uh on uh Mr. Gordon as well. So uh, a bit of a surprise there. Uh, Minnesota drafted a quarterback last year in Xavier Rhodes. Uh, now they have another one in Trey Wayans. Uh, I, maybe wasn't the position they needed. But that defense looks a whole lot better with two young, very solid corners. Don't you think they're Nick? Oh, I agree. You know, I was a little surprised again that uh, they did not take Devontae Parker. I thought that would have been a great uh, story for him to reunite with Teddy Bridgewater, his college quarterback there in Minnesota. But they, they felt that corner was a bigger need than receiver, so uh, Trey Wayne's is the direction they went. Yeah, it's uh, certainly it, – it, it's – Maybe that's maybe that's Aaron Rodgers' fault there in Green Bay. Uh, that, that, but uh, they're going to be tested there, playing against uh, Calvin and Jordy and Cobb and uh, yeah, oh yeah. Don't forget Jeffrey and White there in Chicago. So uh, they you got to have good quarters in that division because there's a lot of nice receiver talent. So I I like the pick and I think the Vikings fans got to be pretty happy with it too. Uh, Danny Shelton walked on stage and picked up Roger Goodell because uh, he's a member of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, not crazy about that jersey, but um, the new look Browns have themselves a beast in the middle. Um, I really like this guy. He, you know, he's a little rotund at six two three three forty, but uh, I think he, I think he's going to translate really well, and I think he's going to give this defense some some true grit, uh, so to speak. What are, what are your thoughts there on Shelton? Yeah, I like Shelton as well. Uh, pairing him next to Phil Taylor uh, in the middle should be a good uh, combo at defensive tackle for Cleveland. Uh, not to keep beating the dead horse, but I really thought Devontae Parker, again, shouldn't have fallen as far as he did. I would have taken them if I was Cleveland there. thought receiver was a big need that they didn't fill with either of their first-round picks, but not to, not to hammer on Shelton, though. He's a good player there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and Parker would have even made sense to uh, the New Orleans Saints, but they uh, ended up going with Andres Pete out of Stanford, a big six seven three ten tackle. Um, I like this kid a lot. I thought I thought that he was a top ten pick in my mind, and a lot of people had him. Excuse me, a lot of people had him falling way further than this. Uh, but uh, I, I like it. You got you got to keep Breeze protected, and I think he's going to going to do that really well. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Nick? 
Um, I have a little bit of a culto, actually. It's a, <clears throat> a beer that's infused with blue agave, so it's got a little bit of a tequila aftertaste. Don't worry, it's only 6%, so I'm not getting hammered. <laughs> uh, this is what I did. I, right before we went on, I ate uh, chocolate-covered espresso bean, and then I poured myself a glass of red wine. So if I start, like, my speech starts getting really fast and then slowing down, and I might be passing out. But anyway, I'll, I'll uh, hopefully that will happen. We're only going to be on now. So, and I, I already drank the glass of wine, so I'm still talking pretty fast. And uh, we're 20 minutes in. I think I can make it. Uh, finally, Devontae <laughs> Parker has a home. Love this pick by Miami. Uh, maybe not the biggest need there since they have two young wide receivers. But uh, this, unfortunately, Nick, I think this is maybe bad news for Kenny Stills. And I know you're a dynasty owner, but I'm a dynasty owner of Jarvis Lane. And this pick has me excited because Mr. Juice is going to have himself some some room to breathe, I think, in the slot. And I think, you know, Parker and Stills are kind of the same mold. And I think Parker might eventually win out. Uh, Obviously, all three of them on the field is going to be fun and good news for Ryan Tannehill. What are your thoughts there on Devontae Parker? Oh, yeah, Ryan Tannehill just has to be licking his chops at the acquisitions the Dolphins have made this offseason. You know, Kenny Stills, you mentioned, they also signed Greg Jennings recently. Uh, now uh, now Parker to go along with Jarvis Landry. Yeah, it's a great, great pickup for them. Uh, I know they were hoping, I had heard, that Gurley was going to fall to him, which I didn't really understand because I kind of think Lamar Miller's really coming into his own. But So I think, yeah, Ryan Tannehill is a guy to watch this uh his numbers possibly go for a big improvement this season. Mm, maybe some. Well, it's probably too late to try to trade for him in a dynasty league now. Owners got to be licking their chops, just like Mr. Tannehill. So, uh, uh, moving on, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Melvin Gordon to uh, San Diego. They traded a couple picks to get him. They traded. Two, two picks to go, to move up two picks in the first round. And, you know, you said before we got started that uh, Houston wasn't going to draft a running back. And, and you're, you're maybe right, but we also thought that there's – I don't think running back was even in anybody's mind for St. Louis. And, you know, Arian Foster isn't exactly uh, – the picture of health are very young anymore. So, you know, they obviously – Gurley probably made them panic because I'm sure they had both of them on their board. And uh, so they ultimately made the pick for uh, Melvin Gordon. I did a Tuck's text, excuse me, Dynasty Dan for his thoughts of Gordon versus Gurley now. And he, he said it's now become really close. Obviously, uh, excuse me, Gurley's got the talent to be good in probably any anywhere. But uh, Gordon certainly has a much clearer path as he's automatically probably unquestionably the number one running back now there in uh, San Diego. What what are your thoughts about this picnic? Um, Yeah, I mean, if I was doing a dynasty draft right now, a rookie draft, I'd take Gordon over Gurley definitely right now. He's got – basically no competition to be the starter. And whereas uh, we saw in St. Louis last year uh, with Trey Mason, he was the most talented running back, but it still took him until at least midseason for uh, the coaching staff to get him on the field. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the injury that Gurley has, if we see the same sort of situation develop with him in St. Louis this season. Yeah, an interesting move considering they had uh, 
have Trey Mason already in place. Ah, uh, what on earth? <laughs> Uh, just, I just saw the next pick. The Colts just took Philip Dorsett. I, I, they were like, they needed a receiver? Really? Um, Duran Carter, Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton, Andre Johnson. I guess they're playing five wide. Um, sorry, sorry, Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen. Uh, that's a shocker. But anyway, that's, where are we at? So, Kevin Johnson to Houston. Um, like the pick they needed, they, that was certainly a position they needed. And, uh, you know, I, I'll admit, I, I don't know if I've even watched any film on Kevin Johnson. He's kind of creeped up some boards. And I think, uh, with, uh, Jonathan Joseph in the final year of his contract, they cert- certainly want a fallback plan. Uh, any thoughts there on Kevin Johnson? Seems a little high. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit high, but when you're in the same division with Andrew Luck, you got to have enough uh, enough corners to cover all those receivers that you just brought up. <laughs> oh, I, what the hell? That's 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 more shocking than Gurley to to St. Louis to me. I mean, I I'm not shocked that it, that Dorsett went the first round, uh, but uh, I mean, I suppose you could return kicks for him too. I mean, he's he's basically you know. You know, he, I don't think he's as talented as T.Y. Hilton, but he's the same type of player. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to more of that when I get to, when my emotions go down a little bit. Uh, but we are. I did label this show tonight uh, round one overreactions, but it's, I don't really need to overreact about anything because it just happened to me. Um, Eric Armstead to Sam Fran. Sam Fran. Uh, they traded up to get this pick, did they? Is that no? Uh, no, they they traded down with San Diego. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, they traded down with San Diego. And got they felt like they got their guy. Um, I know this team needs linebackers with Borland and Willis gone, but uh, they also need needed defensive ends super bad. And I think uh, I think he projects to be a really good player there. I don't know if he's a uh, you know, a, a big fat guy, but he's certainly a guy that's going to push push the edge there in, in uh, San Francisco. What are your thoughts on one of your ducks going to uh, the Niners? Yeah, he might be a little bit more of a space eater than a sack guy, like you mentioned, but he's a super athletic kid, maybe a little bit raw, but he, he's definitely got a lot of upside there for the Niners. Uh, yeah, and, and let's face it, you know, they traded down, and I think you said they got – two picks from San Diego to trade down just two spots in the first round. Cause let's face it, this team needs bodies. And, uh, I, I think they'll add a lot, a lot more to that defense as, as time bores on. Certainly. Um, Marcus Peters to Kansas city. Uh, they needed a corner. Like you said earlier, Nick Cooper versus Peters could be pretty fun twice a year. Um, I think Kansas city is probably a good spot for Peters. Who's been in a lot of trouble. He's in a, uh, a nice blue collar city with some really, really devoted fans. I know I'm a Raiders fan. Doesn't feel right saying that, but Kansas City is a hell of a place to watch a football game. They are passionate about their Chiefs, even when they're terrible. And uh, he's going to have a lot of, lot of support and a lot of people happy to see it, to see another, another guy to help this defense out. And I, and I hope he uh, takes a mature step and, uh, and, and takes it for what it is. But uh, this Kansas City defense is getting pretty pretty solid on the on the sides there with with Houston already, and then obviously Mr. Don Terry Poe, who I love up the middle. 
Uh, what are your thoughts there, Marcus Peters, to the Chiefs? Well, yeah, the physical talent we all knew was there with Peters. It's just the off the field and the confrontation with the coaches that he had there in, at the University of Washington. Hopefully he's got his head on straight because if he does, he's going to have a bright future in the NFL. Most definitely. Uh, a little bit of surprise we talked about earlier, Cameron Irving uh, going to Cleveland. Obviously, they're hoping to run the ball since they don't have a quarterback really at this present time, and they have two running backs, so probably not probably not a bad selection there in uh, in Irving, a guy that can play anywhere along the offensive line. So I think that's a that's a nice a nice add for them certainly. Um, what are your thoughts there, Irving? Well, you remember last year when Alex Mack got injured, the center for Cleveland, uh, their running game just fell apart. I think that was their thoughts there. So uh, I almost wonder if they plan on moving Irving to guard and then having him as a backup center as well type some situation like that. Yeah, he, he certainly brings a lot, a lot of versatility. And uh, he he helped that offensive line immensely when he moved to center there and, uh, and uh, excuse me, at Florida State last year. So uh, we have James on the phone here, I believe. Um, yes. So we will patch him through. Again, it's James Yarko. Uh, sorry. James Yarko from endzonescore.com. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're, we're doing good. You're on the Dynasty Pulse podcast with uh, Nick and Josh, presented by the DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. Uh, you got your guy, James. Are, are you happy? And did that police officer down there call and cancel his tickets? I want to see that uh, documented. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> you got your guy. Yeah, yeah. And and all in all, it was it was ultimately the right pick. You know, despite all of the the off field concerns and all that. You know, they've been they've been well documented, and I think for the most part have been. Um, for lack of a better term, disputed properly. Um, I mean, there, there of course were some of the the instances of of just uh, immaturity. Uh, you know, a, a college kid being a college kid. Um, but as far as a football decision, uh, Winston was he was always the guy. You know, going back to to even January, he was always going to be the guy. And I I think they made the right choice. Okay, what what are your thoughts on Mariota? What if it, what if it was Mariota? I mean, what what do you? I I know you've been been all about Winston too, but what are your thoughts on Mariota and you know his landing spot and uh, would he have would he have been a better player there in Tampa? Would he? I mean, would he be all right in Tampa as well? Uh, I like Mariota a lot. Um, in fact, <clears throat> I was uh, I was talking to to Derek Jones yesterday on the Rat Pack Sports Show, and if you had talked to me in December, I would have been firmly in the Mariota camp. Uh, but, of course, the more research I did, the more film I studied, the more I started to come around uh, to Jameis Winston. But I think Mariota can absolutely be successful in the NFL. Um, I just I don't think it's going to be an immediate thing. We're going to see more growing pains out of Mariota than we will Winston. Um, and just for, for a little... Uh, I guess frame of reference. My my lifelong best friend is a Titans fan, and he was he was texting me just furious um, at the <laughs> Titans pick. He he wanted to trade down. He wanted nothing to do with Mariota. Uh, felt that Mariota was not the kind of 
quarterback that, that the Titans could build around under Ken Wisenhunt. I disagreed with him. I think Mariota will absolutely be okay uh, in the NFL. Is he going to be Andrew Luck? Is he going to be Peyton Manning? No, I don't think so. But he's certainly going to win some football games and make Tennessee far more competitive than they've been in recent years. Well, and like I kind of said when we got going here tonight, uh, the athleticism is there. There is certainly a great athlete under that helmet. And, you know, yeah, he's been called a running quarterback. But I think at at this level he's going to run safe face. He's not going to run to, you know, break Michael Vick's record. He's going to run when he needs to, and he's going to run to to avoid sacks. And and I think Tennessee's got themselves – a nice piece there. Um, uh, you know, and only time will tell, obviously. But uh, what 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 are your thoughts there uh, on the rest of the draft? I know Tampa Bay needs some offensive linemen, and now they have a young quarterback they need to protect. Think they go that route, round two? I don't know. I I really don't. There are some some great talents available for them uh, at pick thirty four to kick off tomorrow night. Uh, Jake Fisher still out there, who's you know arguably and in my opinion one of the best uh, offensive line prospects. You know he he plays the the tackle position. He would have to start out as a right tackle, but he's one of the few that I feel can transition to an NFL caliber left tackle. Um, you know you they still have edge rushers on the board. Um, from what I was actually just told uh, right before I came on. Uh, Randy Gregory is not on Tampa's draft board at all, um, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But then, you know, the more I thought about it, they already took a guy with quote-unquote character concerns in Winston. You know, can they really afford to do that back-to-back? Another guy that I really like for Tampa at the top of round uh, round two is uh, the defensive end at UCLA, uh, Oamagbe Odigizua. But the, the offensive line needs. In there, but... Oh, thank you. Uh, I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not going to even try to say that. I I had enough trouble with uh, Ifo. Uh, I can't even say it. <laughs> Ifo Akpre Olimu. That's what it is. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Um, yeah, it's going to be one of the two lines. I feel if Tennessee does not take Fisher. He should be the pick for Tampa Bay. You could see Tampa then in round three go after Nate Orchard out of Utah, who's someone they're reportedly very high on uh, to to cover the, the edge rush responsibilities. But, I mean, just the, the talent that's available at the top of the second round with some of the guys that were taken in the first and some of the guys that were passed over – it's a it's a really good spot for for the teams that are drafting in, in the beginning of round two tomorrow. Yeah, most definitely. There's a lot of offensive linemen off the board already, which is really surprising to me. And speaking of the board, the draft is still going. I keep forgetting to check. What? What? If, I'm sorry, Nick. Got any questions for James? <laughs> I'm still befuddled by Philip Dorsett to the Colts. What the hell? But anyway, go ahead, Nick. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that there's still a lot of talent there available top around two. Do you think there's much chance they tried to trade down from that uh, number two pick in the second round? If Tampa Bay is going to trade down, the 
the beginning of the second round is the best spot to do that in. Collect a few more picks. Uh, you still have, like I said, you have Fisher out of Oregon available. TJ Clemmings out of Pittsburgh is still available at offensive line. So you wouldn't want to trade down to the middle of the round, but maybe drop three, four, I would say no more than five spots down so that you're still in the top ten of that round. But you you have to think someone's going to want to trade up for Landon Collins, the safety out of Alabama after he got passed over by Green Bay and Denver. And to me, I thought Landon Collins absolutely should have been drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. I did not care for their pick of Cedric Obui at all. Um, And that's nothing against Obui, but he he has the, the injury problems. He tore his ACL in the bowl game. I thought 21 was just too high for him and that Cincinnati could have addressed a different position. But, I, yeah, I, I do feel that if, if Tampa is going to trade down, this, the beginning of the second round is the best time to do that because there are going to be teams looking to go for a Landon Collins or a Randy Gregory um, and players of that sort. Uh, Doriel Green-Beckham is another one that that is still available, and he's a, a top-ten talent, but, of course, the character concerns we see in this new NFL when when the commissioner's cracking down so hard, the teams are real leery uh, to take these guys. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Uh, there, I think uh, I, I think a lot of people are surprised. I'm surprised that Dorsett and Aguilar are off the board before uh, DGB myself. I, I think the talent is certainly there. Um, with with him and I, and and no no against the no offense to the other two I I just think I would if you're in the I think in the nowadays when everybody wants to get the next Kelvin Johnson the next AJ Green I think you got to take a chance especially on a guy like CGB with the size at the end of this first round and I know people have heard me say some not nice things about him on this podcast or some of our rookie shows but I I mean now is the time to take a chance you're late. You know, these teams that are drafting right now are playoff teams, going to be playoff teams next year. You're a piece away from going deeper into the playoffs. You know, you know, maybe Seattle's got to be kicking themselves for trading that pick because he would be nice piece there. Uh, New Orleans is still out there for DGB too. So, uh, yeah, I just – oh, sorry, I'm losing my breath here. It's been an interesting <laughs> night. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, so – what are what are some of your other thoughts, maybe? Is there anybody that you really like later in the draft for your Bucks? Uh, gosh, I guess it really all kind of depends on on how things play out. Yeah, if they if they're looking to address the slot receiver position, which I think they should, a name that's been thrown around a lot is Stephon Diggs out of Maryland. Uh, he he could be had in in probably the sixth round. If they wanted to go a little bit higher and maybe take one tomorrow, in the, even in that trade-down scenario, uh, you know, if they trade out of the, the 34th pick and grab a couple of extra picks, Tyler Lockett out of Kansas State would fit the bill beautifully. But you know, they have the, the big targets already in Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. They do need a slot guy, but it's not a pressing need. So I, I would, like I said, look for names like, like Fisher, like Clemmings, Nate Orchard in the third round is still another big one. Eric Rowe is another guy that they could look to target who's available. He can play corner and safety, very versatile. 
another guy that I really like who's who's close to my home uh, in, in Dayton, Ohio, is Quentin Rollins, the corner out of Miami, Ohio. He, he was the point guard for the basketball team and decided, oh, what the heck, I'll give football a shot. Well, that's certainly paying dividends for him now. Um, he'll, he's expected to go tomorrow. So I, there's there's a couple of guys out there that I would look for uh, for Tampa to to go after. But you know the the draft has already been so crazy. I I can't really make heads or tails out of what teams are going to do anymore. Yeah, and it all to me it all started with with Sheriff going number five to Washington. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, Nick's a Redskins fan. He's already expressed his disgust. Uh, I, and speaking of Landon Collins, I'm glad you brought that name up. I, It's a crime if he doesn't go tonight. I just, I would have taken him at pick five. I love that kid that much. And the Redskins need need help in the secondary. I would have taken him right there and not, not even lost any sleep over it. I think the Giants could have done that. Um, you know, Houston's been linked to trading DJ Swearinger. Maybe that could have been something that they could have, you know, used used there too. Uh, and like you said, James, Cincinnati. Yeah, there's plenty of teams that need a safety. And the uh, hey, if my Oakland Raiders need need a safety tomorrow, I, uh, Landon, and Landon Collins is going to be there. They better be pulling the trigger. I know we have some other needs too, but I I don't see why this guy makes it out of the first round. Um, and if Demarius Randall goes before him, I, I guess I'm not a very good scout. I, I don't know. But uh, I try, uh, and I am not. I don't profess to be a professional, but I, I yeah, I just, why is he not off the board? But anyway, uh, any, any, any other thoughts there, James? Why don't, why don't, before, you, before we let you go, why don't you just tell us about Enzone Score, what you guys do over there? Oh, man, we, we have everything covered from A to Z. At, at end zone score, we we recently partnered up with Yard Barker, so you were we're featured with them as well. Um, you know, round the clock draft coverage. You know, we're we're not really so much just doing the typical. Oh, this team picked this guy. This team picked this guy. It's more of a, I love this pick for this team. I hate this pick for this team. Here's why. You know, we we had some some more opinionated spins on things than most places do, which I, you know, I feel kind of makes us a little bit different. It gives you, you know, not the same information that you're going to get from ESPN or Fox Sports or anything like that. It's it's something a little different and it's not repetitive. So, you know, we're, we're having a great time uh, at, at end zone score, especially now that, uh, that we've partnered up with yard barker. Yeah. You guys do great work. My email is blowing up tonight with you guys and I and I love it. I I need to have sit down and, and read it all tomorrow morning over some over some breakfast. But uh yeah, keep up the good work there, James, and hopefully uh you can uh your schedule allows you to come back and join us sometime, all right? Oh, anytime. And and I'll I'll throw in one last thing. As a Andrew Luck fantasy owner, I'm thrilled about Philip Dorset. <laughs> uh well, I hope we don't own any of their tight ends because they're not going to be able to step on the field. But anyway. <laughs> nope, none of them, oh, but okay. by God, I got Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah, I, I got him too. So, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, like, I like it too. I'm still just, still just shocked by it. So, all right, thank you, James, and have a good night, buddy. All right, thanks so much, guys. Uh, so, while we wait for Kat to join us in a couple minutes here, let's get to a couple more of those picks. 
Quite Nelson Aguilar, Nick. What do you think? Philadelphia. No, I, I absolutely loved it. I thought he was, after the top two guys, I thought he was the most polished receiver in the draft. I actually had him at number four on my board. I didn't think he'd be the fourth receiver taken, but I thought he was the most ready to play out of the uh, second-tier guys of the wide receiver, so I love what Chip Kelly did there. Yeah, yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta love it, and I think it's good news for Jared Matthews, probably not good news for Riley Cooper or, or Josh Huff. I know I hold not a lot of hope there for Josh Huff. But, uh, he's on the taxi squad of the team I inherited, so I thought, oh, maybe they'll get something out of him. But uh, So, yeah, I, I like it too. I think he's, he's, a, he's a, a hell of a, a contributor. I mean, you watch film on this guy, he can return kicks. Um, and you know, even even like on the short screen plays where he's not getting the ball, he is busting his butt down the field. Oh my gosh, Demarius Randall went to Green Bay. Uh, busting his butt down the field to make blocks. Uh, so the first round is now over. Demarius Randall to Green Bay, Stephon Anthony to uh, New Orleans, and New England has taken Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle, out of Texas. And right on time, Kat was in the queue. Hello? Kat, are you there? Hey, Hello. yes, I'm here. How's it going? Good, good. good. Well, that, was Kat, a, that was a crazy draft. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Kat Lash-Williams, the New Orleans Saints fan reporter for NFL Female. Uh, this is the second time you've joined us, so I am obligated to remind you, Kat, when you come back for the third time, you get a musical intro. So be thinking of that next time. Next time I come calling, all right? <laughs> Will do. I really want to get you pumped up to talk to us. So that, but that's the rules. Third time you get a musical intro. So I like your it. Saints I like had a couple. It. All right, your Saints had a couple picks. What What do you think? Uh, obviously, not a huge fantasy pick. So what What are your thoughts there, Mr. Pete? There for Stanford. You know what? I had an initial, an initial massive shock to that one. I still, I settled into it, but I don't think it was the right pick. I think we needed defense. I know that you know we're a little weak on our offensive line. Breeze was getting hurried. He was getting rushed. But at the same time, and you know we had issues. We had issues with you know third and one. Breeze had to pass because there was no one to block for for Ingram to try to punch it through. But at the same time, I think defense was definitely our bigger need. And I would have gone with a, I would have gone with someone else to be fair. I, I was a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie, but he listening to Sean Payton talk about him. He's a good player. He's versatile. He, he has a skill set to really be an asset. I just don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I gotta say I'm a little disappointed still. Well, I, Pete is one of the guys that I had high on my board. I think he's a he's a good guy, a good a good blocker, especially especially uh, when you get things moving outside with with Ingram. And I think he's going to help the running game a whole lot. And he's six seven, so he's got the he's got the frame to support the to support the pass rush. And he really he's really aggressive with his hands, and and I really really like him. I think he's I think he's going to be good. I know you're not sold on him, but but I like him a lot. Oh, uh, absolutely! I thought there? he was going to go tenth. Yeah, oh, I I, I'm a little, I agree. I mean, he's right. he really helps solidify that offensive line. Him and Max Unger coming in, I, I think the Saints are going to be able to run the ball a lot more. Uh, you said though you were surprised. Who would you have taken if, if you were the GM there at number thirteen? 
I I don't know. I would have gone with. I mean, well, I think I have not made my feelings uh, terribly hidden that I would have tried to trade up for Leonard Williams. Personally, I would have tried to trade <laughs> up. Clearly, I mean, he dropped to six, so I think there is a potential for a trade there. I thought Dupre maybe would be a Dupre Dupre. I, I'm sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> um, that would have been my pick. Um, listen, yeah, I think he's gonna be. I think he's great. I I had him going to the Rams in my mock draft. So I, I think he's worthy of an early round pick, and I think you're right with Max Unger. We're definitely going to be a lot stronger. Um, but yeah, that 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 would have been my choice there. Okay. Well, uh, Stefan Anthony was the guy that you took at the end of the first year with the pick you got from Seattle. Uh, he is defense, middle linebacker. Uh, hopefully. He's not going to step in day one and replace Curtis Lofton, but uh, I, I know a lot of people really, really like this kid. I haven't watched a whole lot of film on him, but I know he's he's got good range. Any, any initial thoughts there? Yeah, same. I don't know too much about him, but obviously once the pick came in, I started, you know, automatically started Googling him a little bit more, and I like what I see. I like, I think with a little bit of time, he's really going to actually step up and add to the defense a lot. So I'm pretty happy about that choice. I mean, I think he's, you know, I think he's going to be a good, he's going to be a good fit or a week there. We do not have the numbers, um, the depth there at all at linebacker. So that to me was a pretty, that was a pretty awesome pick. And apparently he's well known for his leadership. I think, you know, that's something our defense you could see was clearly, I know he's a rookie, but give him time, give him a couple of years and let him develop that. And I think he'll be an asset to the team. Yeah, most definitely. Nick, any thoughts there on Anthony? Um, Where do you think he fits in? Do you think he's going to play middle linebacker then? Uh, Do you think he takes the spot of uh, LRB or Hawthorne or where do you, where do you see him fitting in on that defense? I don't know. I've seen a few, I've seen a few opposing, a few opposing things. And I have to say, I don't know too much about him, but the, the consensus seems to be put him in the middle, which, you know, I'm kind of fine. <laughs> Our linebacker situation is kind of so terrible. Put him where he can best be suited, quite frankly. Yeah, so uh, as the draft progresses tomorrow night, any any, uh, any thoughts as maybe a uh, position that you still feel is a big need or a certain player that you really like? I don't have... I mean, yes, I don't have a player, but I'd like to see a wide receiver. I'd like to see, I, I'd like to see a quarterback, um, either second or third round. I don't. I think the Saints need to start looking beyond Breeze. He's thirty-six. I know he says he can play until he's forty-five, fifty, but I mean, he's getting <laughs> old, and I think <laughs> no, he he has maybe a season or two left in that arm, and I'd like to see a you know, develop a young, you know, you see, you saw that with Aaron Rodgers, you know, playing behind, playing behind Brett Favre, you, you get the chance to learn under one of the greats and you're going to become one of the greats, I think. So I I would love to see a quarterback and wide receiver, obviously. That would be a big position for us. Yeah. I don't actually know who we have. Yeah. I'm not unfortunately sold on the, the rest of the quarterbacks in this class, I do like Jared Grayson out of Colorado State. Um, I don't like Bryce Petty. There's been a lot of rumors that the Saints do, so that could potentially be something that we see tomorrow. Um, you know, Doriel Green-Beckham, who we talked about uh, with our last guest, James, is still out there. He's a, a huge 6'5", 230-pound pound guy that can really really use his frame well. And I, you know Breeze likes to spread that ball around and use – 
use the the strength of his offense to his advantage, and I think that would be uh, certainly a nice piece. Any, any thoughts there, Nick, on the rest of the Saints draft? Um, yeah, I was wondering maybe a tight end or like a wide receiver tight end tweener, a guy like Devin Funches. Would you uh, be interested in him? Yeah, you know, honestly, yeah, I, I would go with Green Beckham overall if we're going to go any sort of re- any sort of receiver thing because I thought he'd be a first rounder, and so when I saw him drop, I was kind of that. That'd be my that's my receiver get. I'm going to say that I forgot that I had him. I God, I don't know where I had him, but I really thought he'd be a first rounder, and I think I like his size and I like his speed. That's going to be my guy. Yeah, I like. I like that too. I, I I agree. I thought he should have been a first rounder. I'm a little surprised that Dorsett went as high as he did there. Uh, but yeah, uh, any any other thoughts? Maybe just on the the draft as a whole, there, Cat. Any any big surprises for you? I gotta say, the one big surprise was there weren't. I was really surprised Leonard Williams dropped to. I, I am partial to him. I went to USC. Uh, but I was surprised he dropped to six. I think a couple of teams are going to end up regretting that. Um, I, I think honestly, Mariota is going to be a bit of a bust. Even though I project, I project, I predicted he would go number two. I think Leonard Williams would have been the smarter choice. I'm a little surprised by uh, not really anything shocking trade wise tonight. And you know, we had a couple of teams move up a what was the most two positions, I think. And it was more kind of just relatively yeah. even. Yeah, it wasn't. That to me was the big thing. It seems like most teams had a pretty clear, pretty clear idea of what they wanted. The picks were coming in fast, and there wasn't too much to be surprised about today. Yeah, there wasn't the big blockbuster that I think everybody was expecting to happen. You know, once Mary, yeah. excuse me, once Winston went off the board, everybody was, like, took a <laughs> took a big breath and said, "Okay, we could be here for a while and see what happens." And obviously, it's. Uh, <laughs> They just went Mariota. I mean, not not a lot of drama there until, of course, the Redskins pick there, right, Nick? Um, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, not a not a lot of drama, and uh, you know, I the surprise kind of surprising trades. I thought I like Nick said earlier that we don't think San Diego needed to trade up two spots to get Gordon, and a uh, little yeah. surprised Denver traded a couple spots to to get a guy with uh, obvious with obvious concerns, and uh, you know. <laughs> 35 that, grams you know, of marijuana yeah. is, I think, an obvious concern to me. But, uh, you know, when, well, maybe their thoughts. Yeah, uh, it is Colorado. Uh, marijuana <laughs> is legal in Colorado. So maybe maybe, maybe they figured he could get a pass there or a card or yeah. something. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going off track. Um, it is late. Uh, but anyway, Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Any any closing thoughts? What has what NFL female got in store for everybody post-draft? You know, let's see. Hopefully now that we have our draft picks in, we'll start getting uh, our first rounders in. I think this is where we can start figuring out a little bit better what we're facing, at least in our own divisions. Because you know what? There are some big moves in the NFC South that makes me a little concerned. I'm not looking forward to facing Winston. Let's say that. Oh, well, they don't have a whole lot of offensive line help there, so... uh... (laughs) I think valid point. <laughs> and you know the rest of that division wasn't very solid either. So I, I think if he can pressure, you still got guys that expect the quarterback on that defense. If he can pressure Winston, I think you'll be all right. I think, I don't think either one of those teams that took those rookie quarterbacks are going to be uh, close to 500 <laughs> this year. Maybe, maybe six and ten. I guess that's kind of close. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Cat, and have and have a great night. You too. Right. Thanks. Bye.
All right, Nick. We are still going through the first round. Um, where were we? Aguilar. So we got to Aguilar. We we love him. Uh, like James said, Cedric Abui out of Texas A&M. Kind of a questionable pick. I know our buddy Brandon Bird can't be very happy down there in Arizona for his Bengals with that pick. Uh, any any thoughts there? I I'm shocked that he went in. I would have been shocked if he would have went in the second round personally. But that's just my thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I thought like late second, third round, something like that for Obuli, just because of the medical concerns. Uh, the talent's there, but, you know, a lot of scary uh, scary medical stuff with him. Uh, really surprised they didn't go with somebody like Jake Fisher instead. Yeah, James is totally right. I love Jake Fisher, and, uh, you know, they were – that Oregon team was way different when he was in the lineup, way better. Excuse me, when he was in the lineup. So, uh, some uh, – Interesting moves here tonight, to say the least. Uh, moving on, uh, Dupree to uh, to Pittsburgh. Alvin Dupree to Pittsburgh. I thought he was. I thought Dupree was going to go a lot higher in this draft. And like Kat said, she really liked him too. And I know our buddy Mike Krafik's got to be happy as they added added a nice piece. I know he was probably wanting secondary in the first round, but I don't think they. I think they did wise in not uh, not passing on Dupree there. What what are your thoughts there? Yeah, they needed pass rushers, and I wouldn't have been surprised if they had taken Landon Collins. Like you said, they did need help in the secondary. But Dupree, that's a steal. I mean, he had been rumored to go as high as number five overall to Washington. So if you can get him at pick number 22, yeah, they pretty much had to pull the trigger on that one. Oh, Landon Collins. Uh, as you could probably imagine, there was many mock drafts posted today, and I tried to read as many of them as possible on my lunch break, and I I saw probably over half of them didn't have Landon Collins going in the first, and I was shocked uh, by that, and I mean, obviously they have better information than me at this point, but I just, oh, that still shocks me. Uh, Dupree, um, hopefully he stays listed at that defensive end for us IDPers because I think this is a guy that <coughs> could play both, and he's gonna they're gonna use him in both spots, and that he's not gonna have a lot of reason to leave the field. And I think you know where he's not necessarily an elite pass rusher. You know, I think they could get a couple certainly double digit sacks out of him, ten sacks annually. I think they'd be pretty happy with that. I think this is a great great pick for them at that point of the draft. Uh, Shane Ray, we've kind of already touched on this, Nick. What are, what are your thoughts there with Shane Ray going to Denver? Trade it up to get him. Well, when you're a team with an explosive offense like Denver is, you're going to be playing from ahead a lot of times, so you need the guys that can get after the quarterback and try to prevent teams from coming from behind. So uh, the, the, the trade, I don't know, it's – I, I I wouldn't have been surprised if he had still been there. I'm not sure he would have been there as much as I am Gordon with uh, at 17 with the San Diego Chargers. But I, yeah, I I I understand why they did it, I guess. And like you said, the fact that it'll be in Colorado means he won't have to worry about getting arrested for the stuff as long as he passes the test. Uh, yeah. Sorry, that was just too much. It was too there. It was too much there. Um, it was too easy. Yes, DJ Humphreys to Arizona. Um, I have, you know, a lot of people had these guys linked to drafting a running back. I think they have running back talent there. I think they needed to add to their offensive line. 
And they apparently listened to me because that's exactly what they did. Six five three zero seven out of Florida. Um, uh, better, he could be. Some people think he could better be a better NFL player uh, than he was in college. Um, I think he'll probably. I'm not sure what side of the line he's going to play on just yet, but uh, they they needed pieces on that offensive line, and you know they had some talent, but not necessarily. Uh, Solid talent there, so and not healthy talent either. What are, what are your thoughts on Humphreys there to Florida, or excuse me, to Arizona? Well, you know, I was a little surprised he went in the first round. I think it's a combination of one. I thought Jake Fisher would be a first rounder, and then of course the Lyle Collins situation, the the tackle out of LSU. But I definitely understand them wanting to draft an offensive line. And I mean, the thing that killed their season last year was an inability to keep the quarterbacks healthy. So well, how do you fix that? You draft offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah, the, and I think this makes the running game a lot better. I still think Andre Ellington's got a lot left in the take. I lot like Stephon Taylor, um, maybe not as a fantasy owner, but I think he's certainly provides some nice, nice talent there. Uh, they got Marion Grice who could do the the short the short yardage thing, and they still have Kerwin Williams on a contract. So, um, kind of another shocker here uh, with Shaq Thompson out of. Washington going to Carolina. You know, some people say he's a safety. Some people say he's a linebacker. And a lot of people don't like this pick. You know, they don't know where he's going to play. Uh, the kid's only six foot two twenty eight, so that's pretty small linebacker for the NFL. I think Landon Collins is right about that same those same specs. But uh, I think they needed help on this defense, and they, they this is the best player that they thought was available, and, and I like the pick. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but the thing is, they thing that I like is they have options. Um, you know, people say where he's where is he going to play? And, you know, if he if he goes there and plays safety, I think I think he's going to be good at whatever he does. I believe in the talent that he has. He's played he's also played running back in high excuse me running back for a little bit in college with Washington. So he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of and he knows how understands the running game too. So I think if he needs to be that safety in the box. He can do that if he needs to be the the linebacker who gives chase. I think he can do that. Any thoughts there on Jack Thompson to Carolina? Well, I think uh, Carolina is a lot more set at linebacker with Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis than they are at uh, safety with the aging Roman Harper and Trey Boston. So if I had to guess, I would say he'll probably pr- play safety. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a pretty good player. And I was wondering uh, if he uh, ends up being, no matter what position he ends up being, if he plays a little bit of running back, do IDP players get rushing yards points too? <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on how your league set up. Um, I don't know. I don't. Well, Carolina could use a running back too, but that's that's another round, hopefully. <laughs> um, maybe that's their plan all along. But anyway, yeah. It's um, like. Uh, Baltimore replaces Torrey Smith with kind of the same type of player, Brashad, Perryman, UCF. Um, I think Perryman's got a better, better, I think he's got better talent than Smith. Um, but, you know, the hands are an obvious concern there. But, let's, you know, he hasn't been, had, he hasn't had a whole lot of quarterback talent there either. Granted, he did have Blake Bortles, but, uh, uh, I think he's got Joe Flacco now, and I think he's going to be really happy with the way Flacco gives him the ball. What, what are your thoughts there in Perryman and kind of his dynasty value now, Nick? 
Well, like you said, he's a similar receiver to Torrey Smith, so I'm a little surprised they didn't go with somebody like Doral Green Beckham, you know, somebody real big like that, uh, especially. But, uh, you know, I, I don't mind it. You know, he fits their offense, obviously, because uh, Torrey Smith had fit their offense for the last few years. So probably they figured it was like a, a round peg into a round hole instead of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. <laughs> Uh, what a metaphoric as the beer flows. Um, Byron Jones out of Connecticut goes to Dallas cornerback. An obvious need here for Dallas is they need a true, a true number one. I don't know if he can be a number one next year, but I think he has the potential to be that. Um, you know, he's got a lot of speed. That's what people love about him. Uh, but uh, he 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 needs to be. Super, super good in coverage skills, and I think with uh, you know with with Des Bryant on that team, I think he's going to learn a lot of a lot of things that wide receivers do at this level. And I think it's, I think it's a nice pick for Dallas, as much as Nick maybe doesn't like it. It's got to be you got to miss a nice pick for the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a good pick. I do feel kind of sorry for Jerry Jones, though. You know, it's not a very sexy pick, and last year he had to go with the offensive lineman over Johnny Football, and now he's neither of the two running backs you know he was coveting fell to him, so I feel a little bad for poor Jerry. But, you know, other than that, it was no, you No, you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, I think he's going to – yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help this team a lot, and this – Definitely receiver talent in that division. So uh, it'll be fun to see him lock horns with Aguilar when they play uh, the, the Eagles. And I hope I'm saying that last name right. Lakin Tomlinson, a bit of an upset here to uh, the Lions. We already touched on that a little bit, at least I did. What any any initial thoughts there on Tomlinson? I, this is probably my favorite guard in the in the in excuse me in the draft. Still surprised he's a, in the, he's gone in the first round. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm assuming you're uh, putting uh, Brandon Sheriff at tackle and not guard when you say he's your favorite guard. But, yeah, I, I thought he was it was a little high maybe, but probably still the hole. You know, they're, they've are they struggled kind of at times to get a run, running game going. And, yeah, you know, we've said it a million times on the show, you can never have too many offensive linemen. So. Yeah. No, I'm putting Sheriff at guard. I, I, I And it's hard mm-hmm. because you haven't seen Sheriff play guard, but I've seen him play tackle. And I've seen and I've seen Lincoln Tomlinson play guard, and I still think I would take Tomlinson. I think he's I think he's more ready to step in and and be a nice contributor. And uh, I think Detroit's gonna be really happy with this pick. Um, not a sexy pick, not uh, Eric Ebron, tenth overall, but it's it's a nice excuse me, a nice piece for them. Okay, we're finally here. I've settled down somewhat. Philip Dorsett to the Colts. What are your thoughts? Um, I guess uh, one of their probably the strongest position on the team, other than quarterback, just got a little bit stronger. So, so yeah, uh, you got to have a lot of a lot of strength in the secondary if you're going to be an AFC South team trying to stop the Colts from scoring this year. Just fantasy wise, I just don't I just don't get how anybody can move this guy up now. I mean, yeah. You can move Luck. I mean, obviously, Luck's probably already at the top anyway, but I I mean, I just – it's not like they even had a lack of depth last year. I just I just don't get this pick. Obviously, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to play him – they're not going to have to play him this year. 
He's going to have the chance to learn under Andre Johnson and T.Y. Hilton, and it's going to be good. You know, they want Andrew Luck covered this year. They want Andrew Luck covered five years from now, and I think I think that's probably what this pick is. I mean, they have to let him return kicks or something. I think that's probably what we're going to see out of him. Uh, you know, be, kind of be that Randall Cobb type of player. I don't think he's going to be that good. Uh, like I said, I think he's you know, uh, you know, a diet T.Y. Hilton, if you will. I think he's super, super fast and. That excites a lot of people. I don't think he's got got he's got it in him to be a an awesome receiver at the next level. I think he's gonna be a good receiver. Not a, not somebody that's gonna be on my fantasy radar at this present time, unfortunately. Um Demarius Randall there's no good film on this guy. So if if I'm you know, if I'm wrong about him and he's you know well he's not He's not going to be. Yeah, if he if he comes at all pro, I I was wrong, but I just I don't see it. He looks like a lost little puppy in uh, the film that I see on him. So uh, any any thoughts there? The guy's super fast. I know he's got that, but I I just don't. Any thoughts there, Nick, Nick on Demarius Randall? I think I lost. Oh him. yeah, sorry. I'm sorry there. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, the, the same thing with Marius Randall, they say he was uh, better against the pass than Landon Collins maybe, but I thought they already had their free safety in Ha Ha Clinton Dick, so I'm kind of surprised they went that route instead of Collins. But, like you said, we'll see. Yeah. Jeez, gosh, two Bama, two Bama safeties are comfortable with each other? Why, why not do that? But, anyway, I I don't know enough about Randall except for the film I saw. Uh, we have a new writer on staff named Bill Layton, who is an Arizona State fan. He really likes him. He's seen him play live a whole lot. So we'll see what Bill has to say when he does his write-up after this draft. I hope he's right now. Um, Stefan Anthony um, to Clemson. Like I said, I haven't ho- from Clemson to New Orleans. I haven't watched a whole lot of film on him. Cat already touched on him. She doesn't know a whole lot about him either. Any thoughts there? I, I know he's got great range, and they need to replace place. They need to replace Lawson. I know he's not doing it right away, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I was really surprised by the pick. Not not the not the position. I wouldn't have been surprised at all if they had gone at Eric Kendricks at the end of the first round there. But definitely surprised they went with Stefan Anthony. Thought they could have got him in the second or maybe possibly even third round. Uh, yeah, Eric Kendricks, I can't believe he got out of the first round, too. Um, Paul Dawson is another guy that I really like. I think he's he's certainly a name that you're going to hear tomorrow night since he's not already gone. Um, and then finally, the last pick is Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle. Obviously need to replace Will Fork. Uh, 6'2", 320. Not quite, not quite the Will Fork size, but uh, certainly will take over that, take over that role and, uh, I, I like him. He's he's not a guy that's going to produce a lot of stat-worthy numbers. Uh, he might be a decent play if you have to play defensive tackle uh, in your IDT league. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'd really be surprised if he was a big IDP contributor, at least uh, early on. I think he's going to be more of a space eater in that defense, just if I were to guess. Yeah, I mean, kind of like kind of like we saw with Will Fork. So, uh uh, moving moving forward now that the first round is over, Nick, any uh, any any big shuffles? We saw plenty of receivers go. Any any big shuffle in your receiver rankings now that we now that we've seen Cooper, White, P- 
Parker, Aguilar, Dorsett, uh, Joel. Um, Aguilar, I think uh, it would be – Aguilar could make a case now for the number three rookie receiver uh, just because of the situation. You have a lot more competition for targets there in uh, Miami for Devontae Parker. So I think it's kind of a, a three and a three A there as far as the, the third best receiver in in rookie drafts. Okay, that, that's a good point. I, I I still like Parker just a little bit more, but uh, you're right. He does he does step into a better situation without two young you know two. Well, even, yeah, yeah, he steps into a better situation. You're totally right. Perryman, I think Perryman gets a nice a nice knock. I already had him pretty high, so I can't really move him. Uh, but I got certainly going to get get Aguilar off the board a little bit uh, right there with Perryman because uh, they both stepped into some really good positions. And I almost forgot we have a dynasty dilemma too. So take a breath, play the music if I can ever get there, and uh, get ready as we debate Amari Cooper versus Kevin White. <laughs> Uh, well, it's no surprise that these are the top two receivers off of the board, everybody. They were every, just about one and two on everybody's board. Um, Burt is now a member of my Oakland Raiders. And uh, like I said earlier, what Devontae Adams bring, brought to Derek Carr as a college player, he, Cooper is going to bring that to uh, to Oakland. Uh, he's not you know, there's not as much pressure on him as there is going to be with Kevin White. Kevin White's going to have to step in and be the number two right away. Uh, Cooper, you know, Cooper might be might be quiet for the first month, but we know, we all know he's ready. And it's because Oakland is really being patient with him, but they're not going to have to be patient with him. But they can afford to be because they have other receivers around there. So um, I like Cooper. And I think he's going to be very, very solid. And what what's gonna what's gonna surprise me the most is if White ends up being a, a better player. I think Nick does have a better right with White being having a bigger upside. But Cooper is going to be ready now, and he and he doesn't have to be ready now. So it's just going to be that's just an interesting case and an opportunity for him there. Uh, Nick, any thoughts on Kevin White? Well, no. I mean, we're splitting hairs debating these two. They're both likely to be really good players, yeah. but I just I, I think Kevin White's got more upside. You know, he's bigger, six foot three, compared to six foot one. He's faster, a four three five, compared to a four four two. And you know, White tied also tied for number one in bench press best bench press reps by a wide receiver at Calvin Combine. So he's strong, too. And I like his situation. You know, love or more likely hate Jay Cutler. He does have a long history of providing fantasy goodness to his wide receivers. Also, White only has to beat out Marquise Wilson for playing time. You know, and having Alshon Jeffrey on the other side attracting attention, I think that could help him the same way Andre Johnson helped Hopkins last year in Houston. Uh, whereas Cooper has a more conservative quarterback and a way more crowded depth chart with Mike Crabtree, James Jones, Rod Streeter. You know, there are more mouths to feed, but none of them talented enough to really take defensive attention away from Cooper there in Oakland. I mean, heck, they may use Cooper as a decoy for a while. 
Yeah, uh, also I've long thought it difficult to evaluate Alabama players simply because there is so much talent on that team across the board. So, you know, I do have a slight bias against Alabama players, whereas, you know, with the 7-6 and six West Virginia team, they knew after a few games that White was the playmaker, he was the guy to stop. But he still put up 109 catches, 1,447 yards, and 10 touchdowns last year. Uh, you know, I agree with you, Cooper may be a safer pick, but I'll personally take the upside of Chicago's Kevin White. Okay. Uh, yeah, very very good point there. But yeah, Streeter, Butler, Holm, those guys don't really matter anymore. They 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 are there. Their organizational depth is is a term they like to use in baseball, and that's what those guys are right now. Uh, they're going to be selling pizza next year. But anyway, uh, we do have Bill Carroll on the phone. Um, I maybe didn't have the right time zone for Bill, but we're going to get Bill on and see what he has to say now that round one has come to a close. Bill, are you there? Hello there. Yep. Hello there. Hello. How's it going today, sir? Oh, it's been a pretty crazy day. <laughs> yeah. Um, we I just left a, a an event for uh there was a fundraising draft party that I was on for Jim Sarantinas, also known as Fantasy Greek, who is a terrific guy if you're really into fantasy, and uh, hopping on and on various people, other shows. And uh, then my phone died. So finally my phone is an abuse and I called in. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, cool. We thank you. I, this is gonna be a, thank you for the top of the second. Is, oh, no problem. The top of the second is going to be great for a bunch of, for the teams that are waiting to snap up some sweet, delicious morsels of first-round talent that fell to them. Yeah, most definitely. Bill, I'm having a little trouble hearing you, but, um, uh, yeah, DGB out there, Landon Collins out there, um, Jake Fisher. Yeah, there's a lot Fisher, of talent. Kevin Coleman. Kevin Coleman is a yep. guy that I think is a second round talent. Uh, yeah, they they got to be a lot of a lot of people excited about going into tomorrow night. Um, any any big surprises for you? Any any thoughts? I know we didn't see the big trade come down, but what what are you, what are your yeah. thoughts now that round one is close? Well, the the, the Collinses. Both making it, both of them making it out of the first uh, was a bit of a surprise to me, and I would say also um, I'm a little surprised that Fisher is still there. I was blown away by how early some guys went. Uh, just a little surprised by uh, the moves some teams made. And I guess the the thing yeah. that stuck with me was was the run on interior offensive linemen or guys that I think will end up playing on the interior. I guess some people have have seen some of these guys as tackles, but there's a lot of there's a lot of interior offensive linemen taken fairly early. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh while you're you're listening to Dynasty Pulse podcast presented by the Dynasty Football Warehouse with Nick and Josh. We're talking to uh Bill Carroll Pro, Pro Player Insiders Excuse me. Uh, Nick, any questions there for Bill? Yeah. Um, were, how surprised were you at the, in the top six where uh, Brandon Sheriff, you mentioned the interior offensive lineman going early, with Sheriff going at five and then Leonard Williams, the best player in the draft, falling all the way to six? Yeah, well, I wasn't. I, was, I thought he'd end up going to, um, to Oakland. So I was a little surprised Oakland let him move past them in such a deep wide receiver class. And I do like Cooper. I mean, once again, how do you not like Cooper? There's nothing to not like. But if I get Trey McBride in the second, 
I've got a guy who has a who could potentially be about the same guy given some time. So that's the one thing I would say about that is that with the value that's available in the second at certain positions, that's the only thing I would say. You, you have trouble finding Leonard Williams, you know, somewhere in some other round. Yeah, uh, I'm not so sure that you're going to find him any other place. But you can find a guy that might be able to give you what Cooper gives you. Second, you know, some people think that Lockett might be a guy that might someday be just about as good and although a bit smaller, and you might get him in the third. So that's the only thing I would say. That that sort of stood out to me. I think Dupree making it to Pittsburgh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, obviously Dick LeBeau isn't there anymore, but they – but Butler is a similar cat, a former linebacker himself, former linebacker's coach. I think he's going to maximize Mr. Alvin Bud Dupree, and he's going to end up being an unstoppable killing machine in their defense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's certainly uh, certainly great value there. Um, uh, yeah, you, you bring up a good point, especially uh, uh, on the Cooper front, uh, me being an Oakland Raiders fan. I, I totally hear what you're saying. You know, Cooper, everybody says Cooper's the most polished player in, in this polished receiver in the draft and ready to contribute right away. Um, but let's face it, Oakland's not a playoff team this year. Just because they got Cooper doesn't make them a playoff team this year. And they're they can't, not, no, they're four not player four, away. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I think they're four impact players away. And if they, you know, if they can get a guy, like you said, like Trey McBride, and, or a guy that they could have waited on and that, that he could develop with Carr, um, you know, Josh Harper is another guy, a former teammate of Carr at Southern State that I really like, and I think he's going to make somebody very happy round five or round six. Um, you know, if they could get a guy like that that can, they could develop when they're ready to actually contend, that would have made a bit more sense because, yeah, I mean, Oakland needs an impact player on this defense too. They have some linebackers, but uh, anybody with Leonard Williams in their interior is going to be uh Potential playoff team, as far as I'm concerned. As even the Jets, with no offense, could be a potential playoff team. Um, uh, any any other uh, surprises there? I mean, you mentioned uh, the Collinses. I'm, I thought, you know, some people had Jalen Jalen Collins, the cornerback out of LSU, going in the first. I know they've nope. cheered, they pulled back on that a little bit, uh, but then and he's another guy that I see going tomorrow night. So. Uh, Steven Nelson is a guy that was never going to go in the first round, but he's going to go tomorrow night. He's going to make somebody super happy. Any, any other thoughts on maybe some of those guys or some, some other players that are still left? Bill, did we lose Bill? Yeah. Um, Jalen Collins is a guy that the LSU staff, to their credit, is very honest. And when teams came and asked about Jalen Collins, they told the truth. They told him the truth. He's got terrible practice habits. His work ethic is not great. And he's been in trouble. I mean, that doesn't equal first-rounder to most people. Okay. But what about uh, Stephen Nelson? Oh, well, I love Stephen Nelson. Um, I think he goes probably within, you know, somewhere between 34 and 40. Eric Rose and go somewhere in that range. There's going to be a lot of good players taken. Like I said, early in the, in the second, it is a great time to be early in the second round. And uh, there's really, really good players who can go there. Like I said, Jake Fisher. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a great 
place to be. Those first five or six picks in the second are going to be guys that I think will outplay a lot of the guys who win the first. Yeah, yeah. Do you see uh, do you see any trades happening with those with those first five picks here in the next round? I I predict there's going to be at least two trades within the first eight picks of the second round. Okay. All right. Nick, any any other questions there for Bill? Well, you mentioned Jake Fisher. I was absolutely sure he was going to be a first-round pick. Do you have any idea why teams didn't uh, take him in the first round? Pure, unadulterated stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you watch watch DJ Humphrey get his behind handed to him, I mean handed to him by Shane Ray, and then you walk away from that thinking, I gotta have that guy at the first. I, I don't, I don't, see, I don't understand it. Yeah, and you know, we it's well documented what Oregon was with Fisher last year and what what they were without him in the lineup. And uh, yeah, yep. just uh, a shock, a shock to me. Any any thoughts on landing spots for these guys? Landon Collins, Fisher, well, DDB. Uh, I think Oakland. Might go Fisher in the if he's there, if he's still there in the second. I wouldn't. I think DTB probably. I mean, he could go to the Jaguars. Uh, it depends on how risk averse they are to sort of risky wide receivers, despite they've been burned once. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what some teams do. I think Eric Rowe goes somewhere early in the second. Um, I think Washington maybe in the second. Um, there's going to be people talking about runs. There's going to be a run on defensive backs. I think early in the second, a lot of the guys we talked about who didn't go in the first, a bunch of them are going to go early in the second. And it'll be interesting to see just how far some of these guys go. DGB is going to be a pivot point. People talk about pivot points in the first. He's a pivot point in the second. Some team I think is going to make a deal to move up to get in. Some team that thinks that he's the thing they needed to make it run deep into the playoffs is going to. I think one of the teams from lower down in the second is going to move up to take him. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, he's got he's got the talent, and you know, end end of the first, early second is the time I think to take a chance. You know, you don't want to miss on those top fifteen picks, but if you're going to yeah. take a chance on somebody with with some issues, it, it, that now mm-hmm. is the time because. It's, yeah, you're going to kick yourself if you don't. Right. I'm, if I'm the Chargers, just throw a name out there. I don't think it actually will be the Chargers. But if I'm the Chargers, I'm saying, what the heck? We'll give up um, a fourth in this draft and a third next year, and we'll move to the top or close to the top of the second, and we'll take this kid and, you know, swing for the fences, hope for the best for the return we want to use. I mean, somebody like that could think that that's the guy that puts them over. Somebody, who, you know, whose team is fairly solid, but they they're missing explosiveness, they're missing matchup issue type guys, might make that move. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, Nick, any any other questions there for Bill before we let Bill? Uh, any guesses on how far the top tight end uh, is going to slide? I'm guessing it's going to be Max Williams. If uh, you think it's going to be somebody else, feel free to let us know. It's not a slide. I mean, this is where he should go. He's, a, I mean, in my opinion, he's a, not a. He 
he's not a top 30 player. He's barely a top 40 player. I think he goes somewhere between 40 and 48, which is where he should go. That's his actual draft value. He's a he's a good player, but he's not a dominant player. He's not a guy who's going to tilt the field at the NFL level. And there's going to be a tight end we're not talking about who's going to, who's going to end up having just as good a career that somebody's going to get in the fifth. Guarantee it. Who is that tight end? I'm sorry. Somebody, I'm saying somebody like Gerald Christian or Wes Saxon or somebody's going to go in the middle rounds is going to end up having just the same kind of impact, you know, for a much cheaper price. Uh, or, or how about even somebody doesn't like undrafted? A guy like like um, like Will Ty might go undrafted and might end up being the same kind of player. Yeah, uh, I really like Michael Pruitt out of uh, Southern Illinois. I think. That's I think, uh, and he's he's played the slot too, and uh, he's six two, two hundred and fifty pounds. And a who better wants to tackle that guy better better in the slot? Yep. Yeah, and he is a much yeah. better athlete than 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 William. So that's a like I said, the tight end class. It's I hate to sort of dump a whole class into a bag, and you know, but can't find everything that you want in any one single guy in this tight end class. There's always something missing from every single tight end prospect this year. You know, Clive Walford gives you a certain amount of position flexibility. He can be an H-back. He can be a little, a little bit in the fullback. He can do some things with him, but he's not quite the route runner or the hands catcher that you would ideally like to have. Max Williams is unpolished in certain areas of the game, which is surprising because his dad was a really good, you know, really good player, and he's been around, you know, the NFL since he was born. But you'd like to, I would like to see him go back to school, though. He's, he did the right thing, I guess, and that he's, his stock is probably as high as it's ever going to go because next year there will be more, more tight ends. But, you know, he's competitive as a blocker. He gets his face in there, but he's not, he's not moving people exactly. He's just he's feisty. He's pesky as a blocker, but he's not exactly, you know, he's not a road grader where you stretch. That kid Boyle is sort of, you know, complete in sort of a poor man, Keith Miller kind of way, but he doesn't give you any sort of threat down the field or scene stretcher. Tyler Croft is another guy that's going to be somebody's second tight end for 8 to 11 years, very solid, but not, not sexy. The funny thing is the sexy guys are like small school guys or uh, sexy in terms of athletic ability. Our guys like Wes Saxon, um, Gerald Christian at Louisville, the transfer from Florida, is a guy that's got some athletic ability and some wiggle. Uh, Will Ty, like I said, you know, Stony Brook. I mean, there's there's pieces and parts, but there's no, wow, you know, got to have it kind of tight end anywhere at this draft. So it doesn't surprise me. I, 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 I thought Williams would make his way to the second. I, I picked that by mind. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Bill. Again, it's Bill Carroll, Pro Player Insiders, and we'll certainly uh, certainly have you back, and uh, hopefully you can get some sleep and get that phone charged and be ready for round <laughs> two and three tomorrow. Yeah, well, i got to knock out a quick uh, day two mock, and then, then I'll try to get some sleep after that. All right, cool. Thank you, Bill. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. All right, Nick. Well, that's that's all we really had. Uh, we went a little longer than I expected, but I I kind of expect that, I guess you would say. Uh, <laughs> any, any closing thoughts there as we get ready for round two and three? I'm so happy that I can finally start writing now. I had 
time off this week, and I really couldn't write because I had to wait for some pieces to fall in this draft so I could actually start writing. Uh, but I'll probably go to bed and get up in the morning and do some writing. So uh, any, any closing thoughts here before we get done? Oh, just can't wait for the weekend. I mean, there's so much talent still left on the board like we've touched on already. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all unfolds. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, one short little plea for my Oakland Raiders to go Landon Collins. That's that's all I'm going to say. Uh, just think about it. He could he could help. No, that, that, he could that's really, okay. Really he, he, he can he can flip to Washington. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be ironic? The guy I was taking for Washington with with Washington's pick at five slips that far. So. Um, yeah, that's all we have for you tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back next Wednesday as we hit home with the receivers. Going to get our rankings in order as day two and three progress, and we will be ready to give you where you should be taking them in your dynasty drafts. Because I know you're eight, you're really chomping at the bit to get them started. So uh, we will uh, get those going right away for you. All right, take care and have a good. Good night, and have a good rest of the draft, and we will talk to you next week, Nick. Have a good one.